Hey guys, is Michigan not who we thought they were? Things are rolling in Baton Rouge. Bad news out of Lancaster. Is it time to panic in Knoxville? Maybe we got a new dark horse out of the ACC, and we're gonna talk about much more. We are the dropouts. This is our podcast. JT, what's up, buddy? What is up, man? College football is here, and it is already wide open. Yes, sir. Statman is back. What's up, guys? I'm so happy Statman is back. Yes. Got a loaded show for you guys today. All that stuff we just talked about there in that little brief intro before we get too far into it. Guys, find us on Twitter, at Podcast Dropouts. Like us on Facebook. We're all over the place. Just find us. Just find us. Please find us. Find us us on our, where you find your podcasts, iHeartRadio, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Find it, subscribe, so you see when we release content, because we got a lot of it, and this season is just basically writing a script for us. Week one and week two has come and gone. Sadly. Do we know any more about any teams that we did before the season started, or do we know less about some teams? I think the answer is yes on both of those. Tennessee <laughs> will never win a football game again. <laughs> We're trying to get to poor Tennessee. Man. So, all right. Yeah, okay. We just one and two. We're combining these guys because it's just a little easier to do to do it this way with time being what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the show, we're going to do a weeks three and four picks and whatnot. But didn't do so good on weeks one and two. Uh, Statman, you weren't here for some of these picks, but I'm sure you had some similar ones if you had to choose. Okay, but uh, on the last episode I was on, I told you guys that UAB might give Tennessee a fit. You, yeah, you yeah. did, and, and we you, laughed. And you laughed. We laughed at we you. Yeah, Can I we did laugh. You guys want to recant that? Yes, I do. Okay. I apologize. Yeah, and I you know it. what? Let's just go. Are we hitting the panic button in Knoxville? Yes, God, yes. Man, the panic button has been hit a if long they, if they didn't lose, If they didn't lose to BYU, maybe the panic button is not hit. But I agree because if, uh, you could have bounced back from Georgia State. Yeah, with a blowout to BYU, but BYU is a better team than Georgia State. BYU is a better team, and they played, to me, in my opinion, they played BYU a lot harder. Yeah, and they still lost. And maybe it was because of the way Jeremy Pruitt was shoving everybody pregame. Well, Pruitt up. Pruitt said that they played better against BYU. Right. He also said that there was there some was good improvement. There were some good things about the game at Georgia against Georgia State. Mm. But I didn't see any. But I'm I'm telling you, when you refer to your team as the Titanic, I yeah, kn- I, know, I know you saw that. Yeah, I saw it, and you know, what, I'm you not gonna take I'm not gonna take that out of context just yet. I That's a super fresh, super fresh statement. Man, Look, the Titanic just, sank and uh, people died. Yeah, you can't do that, yeah. man. You just then, can't do you know, that. I'm still not over. That's too soon. I wonder yeah, how I'm still I'll, not over Leo. I wonder how old Fulmer's feeling about that right Fulmer now. Fulmer is licking his chops because he is like, oh yes, I'm gonna be the next head coach. Well, I want to remind, and I'm sure most people remember this. I do. Aaron Murray, back when Jeremy Pruitt got the hire, got the job at Tennessee. Um, there were quite a few people who kind of, you know, nar- snarled their teeth at Aaron Murray for his take on Jeremy Pruitt, and that was. I don't think he's ready to be a head coach. I question his leadership. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he 
Aaron Murray's opinion was molded from when Jeremy Pruitt was the DC at Georgia. Mm-hmm. And now let's let's say this. We, I mean, there's no denying this. Jeremy Pruitt had excellent defenses as yeah. a DC as at a, Florida State, at Georgia, at Bama. Excellent coordinator. Yeah, but you got to remember he was Tennessee's eighth choice as head coach. I understand, but I still had faith in Jeremy Pruitt because I was like, he's a, he's a saving disciple. He's got to know his so defense has Wayne. been spent. Has been, I know. <laughs> and must champ. His his. his <laughs> He he, I th- I was giving him the benefit of the doubt, but now it's looking. The evidence is shifting towards bad. A A Ron Murray knew what he was talking about. Yeah. Head coaching is so much different. Than Obviously, and I have just no being idea. A defensive coordinator. I have no yeah, idea. We, neither none of us do. Yeah. But we know it's it can be done a whole lot better than he's doing right. right now. I heard a lot of I heard a lot of things about him when he was in Athens. Um, outside of being just the defensive coordinator, right. And, and they were not good as like just being a you know a person um i did hear he was difficult to get along with and yes, he, he yes. essentially was a prick yes well that well yeah i would uh, yeah i still don't know i wouldn't have said that but you did so. i don't well, know I mean, f- what else would you call him yeah i don't know the full story with why he didn't want to stay in athens when kirby got there mm-hmm. I don't know but apparently it was a personality conflict it whatever you know, he went to Bama. All things are in fine. Whatever. Yeah. Everybody's where they should be right now. But, geez, Tennessee Volunteer fans are not happy right now. I don't blame them. No. But you know what? It's year two. But they've progressed none. If anything, they've regressed. It's not good. Yes. Okay. I I was one of those that said Jared Garantano was going to be a pretty good force this year. Obviously, that's not true. I mean, I don't think he he himself has it's played. Not. He's played. He hadn't played bad. No. His supporting cast, however, is this they're not good. Uh Tennessee loses week one to Georgia State, paid nine hundred and fifty thousand dollars to lose to a team that was two and ten last season in their conference. Mm-hmm. They lost thirty eight to thirty. Week two rolls around. We're hoping Tennessee has a bounce back game in the second overtime they lose to BYU twenty nine twenty six. 0-2 start. Did you pick BYU? I did. I thought you did. I picked BYU. I also picked, while we're talking about upsets, Memphis to upset Ole Miss in week one. That really wasn't an upset, though. Eh, well, you know, and, and you're right, it's not. It was 15-10. to 10. I did expect it to be a little worse than that. But Ole Miss bounces back against Arkansas in week two, and they win 31-17. Neither one of these teams are good. Who is Arkansas? No. Arkansas? <laughs> yeah. They beat Portland State <laughs> week one. Arkansas. Not, not handily, but they, they still won. Uh, so you know, can oh, we just take a, a minute? Yeah. To figure out how in the world Arkansas got a team to travel that far to to get to get beat like that. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I just I just don't get it. You usually play local teams. You don't get a team from what Portland's in Oregon, right? Portland's in Oregon. Yeah, that's yeah. a long way to go. Uh, well, I mean Arkansas they they won, but it wasn't great. It was twenty to thirteen at the final score. It was That's it was terrible. Ugly. It should have been better. Isn't Portland State like a two A school or Portland State? I believe their campus is next to the Quiznos yeah. in, in the mall in, Port, in Oregon. And in half Portland. their team works there. Yeah, <laughs> probably so. Um, Mizzou bounces back after a week one loss to Wyoming, which was ugly. Not something. 
that boded well for your boy H over here, who was high on Mizzou and even said they would be 8-0 heading into Sanford. Yeah, your boy JT was pretty high on them too, man. So they made me look foolish. Thank you, Kelly Bryant and company. Mm-hmm. 37-31 was the final there. However, they bounced back in week two against West Virginia, 38-7. to Dominant performance Dominant from Kelly. Performance. See, I thought they were going to dominate Wyoming and lose to West Virginia. I kind of had that. If if I was to choose which one would have been the loss, it would have yeah. been West Virginia. I didn't know the Mountaineers was as, as bad as they were. Yeah, they're terrible. They're pretty bad. Um, Mizzou, I'm not giving up on them. I'm not hitting the panic button yeah, for Mizzou just yet. I think they're going to be just fine. I still think they beat Florida this year somehow, some way, even though Florida is rolling. Guys, no. listen, <laughs> your Georgia fans are talking about Florida here. They are rolling right now. 45-0 to zero win over the University of Tennessee, Martin. Felipe Franks was 25-27, had a Ooh. 92.9% completion UT percentage. Martin. The highest of a Florida Gator quarterback ever. UT Martin. Yeah, but Grayson Lambert also set the completion record. Hey, hey. So. You still got to say that his progressions are still a little rough. His feet are never planted. When he does plant them, though, he throws a beautiful ball. Well, he's got an arm. Now, he's got, yeah, he's got a cannon. There's still some things Florida has to clean up. Their, their rushing game, for whatever reason, is not – up to par. I didn't watch the entire game. I did follow it on stats. Uh, Felipe Franks looked good, 25-27. That's really – that's excellent. Uh, Van Jefferson appears to be the guy to, you know, his his go-to. Uh, they did come away with two injuries, though. Florida did. Katerius Tony with a shoulder injury, supposed to miss a, a few weeks. He'll be back for Georgia, though. And yeah. that, He should be. And uh, C.J. Henderson, I believe, has an injury also. Both will be out for Kentucky, which is another interesting talk. We're going to get we're gonna get mm. to Lexington Yeah, well. but Terry Wilson's going to be out, too. But – that's that's yeah. what makes it interesting. We'll talk some more about that. We're going to get to that because they have a backup quarterback. That's uh, interesting to me. Okay. Um, LSU took care of business against Texas. Great game, physical game. Yep. Wonderful football game. Mm-hmm. Can we uh, can we talk about Joe Burrow? We have second? to talk about Joe Burrow because he is an animal. Okay. Well, you have to talk about Week One with LSU first. Uh, well, not beat, much to talk about. They, well, beat, they beat Georgia Southern. Yeah, yeah. fifty-five to three. Yeah, but. I mean, that no. was – I don't think that was a surprise outcome. Even – I know their flashy new offense was like, oh, wow, look, they do have an offense now. It was going to be tested against Texas. Joe Burrow. Yep. The first quarterback for LSU to throw for uh, over 400 yards in a game against an AP-ranked team since Rohan Davey in 2002. This I mean, is this is In all, the Sugar Bowl. I remember this Rohan is all Davey. LSU has ever needed was a quarterback the first time in school history in program history that they've had three receivers go over 100 yards in one game can i just say something that that is just that's that's crazy can i just say something those numbers are awesome i mean they are off the charts i mean don't say anything about their defense no who's lsu's now i know what you're trying i know what you're getting at i'm gonna say something about both their defense but texas texas's offense is top-notch you you can't. It's hard to stop Colin Johnson, and they could only contain him for so long. But I do think them both of these teams claiming claiming DBU, they can stop all they that. Can, yeah, all <laughs> that's all that's, that's nonsense. Let's just hold that, that back nonsense. for a little bit because forty five thirty eight. That's 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 a typical Big Twelve. I mean, he almost he all, he score. almost he was one he was one throw away from passing for five hundred yards. Yes, he was. You talking about Burrow? Yes, four hundred seventy one passing yards. Yeah, and four. Four touches. Because Correct. they do not have a running game. Listen to his completion percentage. 31 For completed 30. out of 39 attempts. 39, yeah. That's, that's – and then, like what you said a, bit, a minute ago about the wide receivers. Jefferson, 163 yards on nine receptions. Chase, 147 yards on eight receptions. T. Marshall, 
123 yards on six receptions. J- Jefferson had three touchdowns. Three touchdowns as a receiver. How many rush yards they have? This is insane. They had uh, 87 from Hilaire, mm-hmm. nine from Fournette, mm-hmm. eight from Burrow himself. Just barely over 100 yeah, yards no, rushing. Not, not much in the way That's of rushing, but who has to rush when I you're mean, throwing yeah, for 471 if you're, yards? If you're gaining 15 yards a pass play, then yeah. why, why, are you, why are you trying to run the ball? Yeah. That's not going to work all year. No, it won't. I mean, Texas shut down Georgia's run game in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. Shut it down. And LSU last season completely dismantled Georgia on the back end in the secondary. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they did what worked. They did what, what they had to do. This yeah, this game, I've been a proponent for Edo, for LSU. Oh, I love that, though. Yeah. No cool targets. This game, if this does not dispel the fact that he can't coach, no other game will. Even Georgia. This was a better win. He's got a I – don't, I don't exactly know the stat, but he's got a crazy – Record against the top against 10. Against top 10, yes. Yeah. It's like 7 and 0 now or it's, something it's like un, that. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And so LSU to oh, me. I say 7 and 0. He's lost to Alabama. Not, he's, he's 7 and 0 against teams not named Alabama or something like that. Yeah, that's what it was. Some crazy stat. But yeah, he did it to Georgia last year yeah. when Georgia was number one, right? Uh, number mm-hmm. two, two. Whatever. They were high. Yeah. And, you know, but this is a road win. This is a true road win. They win to Austin. Mm hmm. That's this is not easy. Dude, they put their band in the nosebleed section. Well, yeah, and so and there's rumors going around that the actual locker room the LSU was in was like 98 degrees. Yeah, well, they cut, they, they cut they the cut AC the off at yeah. halftime. Cut the is AC that what it was? Off. The AD uh, it, he is uh, denying that. Oh well, at any rate, it doesn't matter because Edo comes out on top, and I, I'm just super impressed by LSU. I'm scared of LSU. Oh yeah, as a Georgia fan yeah. because I, I've said it before. Uh, y'all looked at me funny. LSU upsets Bama. They get Bama this year. Now, now I believe you. And now I also saw. I'm gonna call it, guys. They win the West. They I, will meet I'm, up with Georgia. I think Georgia's gonna win the East. And I don't know how Georgia's gonna fare. Because guys, let's be honest with you. Let's be honest right now. I am. Uh, UJ and Vandy. They won 30 to six last week or week two, 63-17. I'm. They left a little bit to be desired they for play me. Play calling got really conservative. Yes. Uh, uh, secondary is. A little bit to be desired they there. They got to tighten up. Let me, so it was the pass rush. Let pass say, defense needs to ch- needs to tighten up. Let me say this. Yep. Agree totally about LSU. Yep. Um, they have made leaps and bounds and strides and everything. Uh, we all knew that there were going to be a problem. Um, and we all agreed on the receivers as far as the passing game goes. It's going to be tough for them to win the West if they do not get a rushing attack. Yeah, they're I'll going. Give you that. They're going to have to run the ball, especially against Bama. I mean, they're they they brought in or they they brought they didn't bring in. They went and talked to a Saints assistant in the offseason about a spread offense, mm-hmm. which is what Joe Burrow is. He 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 was a, that's, sp- a spread. That's, he was that's a, what he runs. A spread quarterback yeah. in high school. Yeah. Went to Ohio State where they kind of run a semi-spread. Uh, so that's that's what they are now. They're going to throw the ball 40, 50 times a game. They're not going to run the ball very much. Uh, they're 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 all in on the spread. I, I I don't know if you guys listened to part of my take. It's Barstool Sports podcast, but uh, they had Coach O on there uh, the a couple of days before the game, and he said we're all in on the spread. We're a spread offense now. But I'm going to tell you. I'm telling you right yep. now, they're going to have to run the ball. I agree. Against Bama, they're going to have to. I mean, to. they can get away with what they did against Texas and win games. As long as they're throwing for 400 yards a game. Time will tell. But Texas. Georgia will not get away with these slow starts 
against lesser competition. No. When they go into and they play Notre Dame, they play Auburn, they play Florida, they're they're not going to get away with it. Jake Fromm right now. Us. Oh, they, we're not. Nah, they look, they look horrible just, uh, at the at the start of the Murray State game. They were yep, flat. They were flat, and they and flat. Jake Fromm looked sharp after that. Come quarter two, they hammered it down, and you know. They got better. Jake Fromm right now, currently through two weeks, 25 of 34, 322 passing yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. So he's fine. No big deal. But uh, I will I will say this. Our run game, our run game is stellar. Our run game is absolutely stellar. Right we, now. We have so much depth. Zamir White has 123 yards on 13 carries, nine and a half yard average and a touchdown. DeAndre Swift, 216 yards and 22 carries, 9.8 average. That's two quarterbacks right now with a nine, over a nine-yard average on carries. Listen to this. Kenny McIntosh, he only has nine attempts, 61 yards. He has a seven-yard average carry. Brian Harrion, 5.6, 96 yards, 17 attempts. He has two touchdowns. So, yes, and that's not even all of them that's run the ball. Mm-hmm. You still got to come in James Cook. What's he got? 10.4-yard average, one touchdown. On five attempts, he has 52 yards. Georgia's going to wear down people up front. And our receivers are coming in, man. Receivers are coming in. I, I'm impressed George by Pickens. George Pickens right now, a 19-and-a-half-yard average per catch, four receptions, 78 yards, and a touchdown. D-Rob coming in, 44 yards, 7.3 average, two touchdowns. So, yeah. And, then, you know, still got Dominic Blaylock, who I'm excited about. Yeah. One of my favorites. Is well, Dominic Blaylock, Matt Landers. Uh, Eli Mars Wolf. Cager. Eli Wolf is a huge pick. Yes, he is, and he's he is, a huge pickup for us. I think he's basically filling the hole that Isaac Nauta left. Mm-hmm. But there's still some stuff that Georgia's got to clean up. The pass rush is not great. The pass, de- no, yeah, well, it's not great. The pass defense is not great. Nolan and Smith has really impressed me. Nolan Smith is good. Um, I'm impressed with Jordan Davis mm-hmm. on the line. Uh, offensive line to be as big as they are and to be as touted as they are. They're still letting things happen that should not be happening when you have that amount of five stars on the on the line. When you when you lose when you lose your what I call the the glue that what is the offensive line. Right. Lamont Gilliard. When you lose him, a person like him, I mean, he's kinda like your quarterback on the offensive yeah, line. Yeah, yeah. I mean know? you lose it. And that's 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 a big loss. Um Kind of the same thing when David Andrews went, you know, when he left that year. It it took a little while for us to find, yeah, you're you right know, that that glue right there. But Georgia will get better. They're 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 going to get better. Um, and, but as and a talented, as a, we're talented everywhere. As a fan, everywhere. I'm not hitting the panic button. Obviously, that'd be silly to do that thus far. Yeah. But as someone who's analyzing these games in a different kind of way, as opposed to a fan, I'm not overly impressed with Georgia. This just kind of, eh. Yeah, I mean it's 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 been ho hum. I feel like, and maybe this is wrong for me. The thirty to six victory over Vandy, impressive, allowing no touchdowns. That's great. It really was, but to not score a touchdown in the entire second half, that's a little weird. You know what I mean? Especially with the weapons that you have. I guess I expected fireworks. I wanted to see long stretches of you know down the field with Jake Fromm airing it out. I wanted to see the run game be a lot more dominant. But it's like like I told you. We really didn't have anything to prove. Nope, we did in that game, Mm-mm. and yeah, and again, it, and it did get Manila. It did. Yeah. Um, I don't want more of the same from James Coley as we got from Jim Janey. Right. Especially on third, dude. Our third, our third down conversion rate coming out of week one was one for seven. Mm-hmm. 
that's bad. Short yardage uh, on the offense is a problem, and I think they'll get it figured out. Yeah. Especially with you got Eli Wolf becoming more involved, John Fitzpatrick with the tight ends. We're going to be just fine. I'm, I'm just glad we're using tight ends. Me too. I'd like two tight end sets. We're seeing that a lot. We're seeing – I want to see more two running back sets. Yeah. That way you kind of yeah. create the if confusion you, If you the put DeAndre Swift and Samir White in the same backfield, lethal. Yeah. And, you know, the blocking, the, that is one of the things that's separating Georgia, I believe, is just the, the expert the level receivers. of blocking from the receivers. Samir White, yeah. DeAndre Swift. Zamir, the Zamir White picked up a blitz, and it looked like an NFL blitz yeah. pickup. And I guarantee you that linebacker that did that blitz, he missed the next blitz call. Oh, I didn't hear it, Coach. <laughs> nope. Uh, I, didn't, I, didn't hear that one. I thought I was supposed to drop in coverage. All right, so go, dogs. We'll be just fine. We got, yeah, uh, we'll week, right. three, week three brings us Arkansas State, and, of course, week four is the big one with the fighting Irish. Which was almost not big because they tried to fiddle fart it away from Louisville. Yeah, yeah, I know, but it's, that was a bad game to that's watch. That was a bad game to watch. As was Army Michigan. Oh my god! Mm, hey, it was so kind of fun. It was kind of fun. So close. No, kind of uh, fun. We're gonna get to Michigan. I'm not trying to jump the gun. Clemson, Texas A&M. Exactly what I thought it would be. Clemson is who we thought they were. That Clemson was, is that who was we kind thought of they a were. boring game too. The, I'm not gonna lie. The best team in the nation, without question, right? Well, it was like the score was not terrible, but it's like twenty four to ten. They dominated Texas that whole entire A&M, game. Yeah. Texas A was never in the game. Mm-mm. Kellen Mond, he, if he does not have protection, Clemson showed it. Yeah, he, he doesn't have much of anything. Yeah, all of his throws in like in the first half. Right, all of the ones that I saw anyway. I mean, I was at work trying to watch it too, but all of the throws that I saw, he was he was getting pressure and all, they were all high or off target. So if he, I mean, if he don't, like you said, if he don't have any type of protection, then all of his throws are going to be off target. Right. Well, and I still think he's a talented quarterback and he's dangerous. Texas A&M is still going to be dangerous for Georgia come, yeah. you know, the end of the uh, season. But uh, as far as Clemson goes, yeah, Trevor Lawrence had a slow start against Georgia Tech. They still won by leaps and bounds. They never broke a sweat, even though Trevor Lawrence did not look Heisman worthy. Game one, week two, he returns to form. Right. Okay. He still, he, I mean, he's he still threw an interception, which is a bad interception. He did, and he, it was a bad read. Um, Auburn squeaks out a win, week one over Oregon, twenty-seven twenty-one. Impressive comeback victory in the fourth quarter. Was they impressive. looked like hot garbage for three quarters. Yeah, Bo Nix. Bo Nix. He's talented. I'm he's, not sold on Bo Nix. I'm not either. He well, made that was a jump ball that he threw that he got lucky on. Yeah. To be fair though, true freshman coming in. He's got some – he doesn't have gaudy stats, but let's see, right now he's 384 yards, 32 of 68. Not good. I mean, if if, if he's playing a not Pac-12 defense, which, I mean, Oregon's probably got the best defense in the Pac-12, which is sad. Yeah. But uh, if he's playing a, a, play a not Pac-12 defense, that ball probably gets picked off. Sure. Three touchdowns mm-hmm. to two interceptions. So, right now his numbers aren't great, but he's a true freshman. He's learning. He's getting his legs. They defeat Tulane 24-6. to This is another one where I expected more fireworks. I, right. I wanted to see Auburn go in there and lay the hammer down and send the green wave home, packing right. with a pretty embarrassing loss. That did not happen. Um, that's not to say it wasn't a convincing win, because it was. Auburn never, I don't think, was ever in danger of losing this game. But it's one of those things that you know, kind of similar to George and Bandy. Yeah. You just you you want you want to see you go, a little more. It just kind of makes you go. Hey. I've got questions about Auburn now yeah. that I didn't yeah. have at the beginning of the Absolutely. season because of the Auburn's defensive line. Absolutely. And plus, I was a 
I was convinced Bo Nix was the kid, you know, and I still think he's fine. He's going to be just fine. He's going to get better. Um, and he's, I, he's a true freshman. I think so. what's happening is Dustin Malzahn, his confidence is getting a little higher because he's actually calling some good plays. And, you know, we'll see Did what happens. Did you just say that Gus Malzahn is getting better? Dude, that play call at the, at the end of the game, when they uh, with Bo Nix threw that pass, that was a good play call. Against Oregon. Was it a good play call or it busted was, coverage? It was, well, doesn't matter. It was still a play call. <laughs> I mean, he scored a touchdown, so I guess you're right. I don't want all got the job done. I want Gus to stay in Auburn for as long as possible. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I here's another one. South Carolina upset by North Carolina. 24-20, <laughs> week one. Mac Brown. <laughs> Mac Brown. The Mac I, is back. I was Brand, did, really uh, not expecting that. They Brandon, bounced back. Brandon Adams on uh, – on Dog Nation Daily, kind of made fun of North Carolina for hiring Mac Brown, saying that it was kind of funny they hired I, an old, washed-up Mac Brown. You know, I don't know if y'all remember me saying this. He's uh, getting the job done against SEC opponents. I, I said Mac Brown was a good hire for North, for North Carolina. As I said, Les Miles was a good hire for Kansas. Uh, yeah, Kansas's quarterback's got the top QBR in the country right now. Yep. Low and risk, high reward. Hey, listen, North Carolina, let's be honest about them. I said at the top of the program, do we have a new dark horse in the ACC? Are we ready to say that's North Carolina? No. Mm. Not yet? No. Mm. No. Will we know more about North Carolina with uh, in week three? I think they play – when do they play? They play Miami? Is that right? Yeah, they will face a defense for sure. I'm sorry, week three for – no, they played Miami Okay, I this in week two. Sorry. I lied. Uh, Kansas State's quarterback. Kansas State's quarterback? Got the top QBR in the country. Week three for North Carolina is week four. Then they, week five is Clemson. So, so week I'm, two, what what did they do against Miami? They won, 28-25. Hmm. They beat Miami. So they did face the defense and Yeah. Yeah. So and I, I mean, you know, who Sam knows? Howell right now is 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 playing pretty well lights out, 519 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions, 31 to 48, you know, playing like a Matt Brown quarterback has in the past. I mean, he's not dynamic like what he had at Texas, but he's getting the job done. Hey. And uh, poor South Carolina, they bounce back in week two against Charleston Southern, 72-10. to 10. Had a huge run from Kevin, Kevin Harris. Kevin Harris, yeah, local boy. 147 yards, three touchdowns, 24-and-a-half-yard average from uh, Kevin Harris from Liberty County High School. Yeah. Right here a, down a the road. Pretty impressive run. Pretty impressive run. Bribal. Um, but I tell you, I'm impressed, guys. They got a quarterback. You know, it's unfortunate. I feel bad for Jake Bentley. Who's been there? You know, this is on his eleventh, twelfth year. I don't feel bad for him at all. <laughs> but let's just be honest; he wasn't getting it done. If and if he wasn't getting the reads, if he, mentally he just wasn't making everything put putting everything together, it wasn't going to happen. It was I, done. It was it. I my, feel like minus the injury, this move would have happened sooner right. rather I, than later. Yeah. I, well, I was fixing to say, you know, minus the injury, I, I think it's probably. I, I hate it for 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 Bentley. But it's probably the best thing that could have happened for Carolina. Ryan Helensky is a very good baller. Yeah. 24 of 30, 282 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Played good football. Yeah. He played he play good enough to, to now, granted, win. Charleston Southern barely had a pulse in this game. Mm. Right. So it's not it's not really a fair game. They're, uh, who do they play next week? Do you know? South Carolina plays Bama. Yeah, that's going to – <laughs> and they play him in Columbia. Upset alert. Not even close. I'm just kidding. 
No, they play Bama uh, next week. Ryan Linsky's going to get reminded of what it feels like to play quarterback in the SEC. Yes, he is. We're going to get to that because we're going to have a Bama USC pick. I say reminded. He's going to get introduced. <laughs> All right. So Kentucky, week three, they are traveling to the host. Uh, yeah, they host. Yeah, they host the Gators week three. Trying to get it to come up here. Uh, unfortunately, Terry Wilson goes down with an injury. The injury for the out for the season. 360 yards to date, two touchdowns, 33 of 52. He was an equalizer for that offense, mm-hmm. and I believe he was going to do the same thing this season at home as he did in the Swamp, and that was carried Kentucky to a victory. Now there's more of a question mark with the quarterback now. Now this quarterback is no stranger. Um, I can't remember the kid's name now. Sawyer Smith. Come from Troy. And he was the backup at Troy when Caleb Barker went down. He come in, went 5-2 and two as a starter, completed 144 of 229 passes, 1,669 passing yards, 14 touchdowns, also while rushing for 191 yards. Troy's a, that's, Troy's that's a really good program. That's, that's yes. good in seven games. All hope is not lost for Kentucky. They still got all their starters on the offense. They still got Cash Daniel on the defense. I think this game is still interesting because I think Florida's going to go in and try too much to avenge the loss. I still think Florida wins. Heads up. Are you saying Felipe is going to try too hard? I don't know. Felipe, See, Felipe is going to – You just don't know what you're getting with Felipe. Yeah. At this point in time, you just you don't know who you're getting. And the same th- I'd say the same thing about Jake Bentley. You have no idea who's showing up and, and, and playing under center. Yeah. I do see a more confident Felipe Franks, but I still see it's it's more cocky than confidence. It's more cocky than confidence, and it's that's what's overpowering it. But you know what? Again, had a great outing against um, Tennessee Martin. But yeah, but if you're throwing for 400 yards a game, if he if he threw for 400 yards against Miami, four touchdowns, did the same thing this this past yeah. week, then yeah, go ahead, do what you do. But don't stop make, playing with me. <laughs> Don't make it seem. I do this. <laughs> don't make it. Don't make it seem like you done. You done put up, you know, fifty points against Miami and right. fifty points against you was UT Martin. It, he's he's got to prove. He's got to prove it. He yeah. he, has, he hasn't done that yet in his whole entire career. I want to talk. Uh, holy Jalen Hurts gonna win the Heisman. Whole, dude, I have and Just I'm okay with that. This front runner, dude. Kid front is runner. going amazing. to win the Heisman. Front runner is amazing. I I I'm loving watching him play. I don't think he's going to throw a, an interception until they play Texas. Listen now, I don't think he can keep this pace up because this is a brutal pace. What he's doing. Listen to this: thirty-four, forty-one passing, five hundred and ninety-one yards through two weeks. They lead the country in offensive efficiency. Six touchdowns, no interceptions, a two fifty-two point three quarterback rating. That's just his passing stats. You want to hear some rushing stats? I'll give you some rushing stats. Twenty-four attempts, two hundred and twenty-three yards. A 9.3 average. His longest run is 43 yards and three touchdowns. He is solely responsible for nine touchdowns in two weeks. He's, he's, he's in the he's in the top, I think, either seven or eight. I'll, I'll just be safe and say top ten. He's in the top ten in rushing Gotta in be. the country. Gotta he's be. running backs, quarterbacks, anything. He's a, he's a running back playing quarterback. But he can throw. But he and it, that's what his I mean, passing has gotten otherworldly better. That's what they say about Lamar Jackson. He just put up fifty something points against the Dolphins. Yeah, they said he should play wide receiver. And he yeah. he threw for three hundred forty seven yards. Yeah. yeah, he was throwing to the receivers. Oklahoma, yes. yeah. Oklahoma's rolling seventy to fourteen against South Dakota, which you know, 
and then they they defeat Oklahoma or they defeat Houston. Sorry, forty nine thirty one. Houston's a good team. Houston was a good team. Yeah, they who, had a good offense. Who do they? Who's Oklahoma have coming up? Oklahoma should be. Let's see, schedule's not coming up here. There we go. Oklahoma's at uh, UCLA, week three. That's another win. I mean, they're at yeah. They're at UCLA. They're not going to get tested until Texas. They're not going to get tested. Well, they got Iowa State after Texas, but I expect is Texas at home or is that in Ames? No, that will be in Norman, the Iowa State. But the okay. Texas that'll be at least a two touchdown win, I think. Yeah, they're. I I think they're going to handle Texas. I don't. I just don't see Texas. I just don't. Now, I didn't see him. I didn't see him. Hand, I didn't see Texas beating them last year. Well, that's true. But you can't ever tell. It's a, the Red River rivalry. Rivalry. That's right. I have a hard time with that. It's a tongue twister. Particular one. Say it ten times fast. No, I'm not gonna say it you again. Can't say it once. <laughs> Lucky to get it out the first time. <laughs> had to slow down. But yeah, Jalen Hurts to me. If I had to, if I had to give you guys the the five people for Heisman, Jalen Hurts is up there. Trevor, yeah. Tua. Okay, three. I don't have fourth and fifth. I mean, well, Jonathan Taylor, he's put yeah. up some godly numbers for yeah. Wisconsin. And and again, we said this before. I I think I said this when you brought up your husband Pitts. I just don't see a Georgia player, Jake Fromm, DeAndre yeah. Swift. There's yeah. just too much. Jake Fromm only had 11 pass attempts. We too. These are usually stat well, he got patterns. taken out. He got taken out middle ways through the yeah. second but quarter. S- still for an entire game, 11. You know what I mean? If that's the if that's the theme, that's fine. I don't care. I'm not. We're not in this for Heisman's. We're yeah. in this for national championship, baby. For Give us a ring. So, um, but yeah, let's talk about Michigan. Can we talk about Michigan just just for a little bit? <coughs> I just I don't want to spend a lot of time on Michigan because okay. I got to be honest with you, I'm a little disappointed in Michigan because I I did that whole thing on Jim Harbaugh and I've been rooting for Jim to do this and get it. There's two and zero. Oh. Yeah, I wish everybody. Everybody is on the bench Shea Patterson train. Shea Patterson is not the problem. Is not the problem. They switched no. up. He led the he led the nation in QBR leading into the Ohio State game last year. They changed up their offense. It hasn't worked. It's not his fault. They have a terrible offensive line. They do have a bad offensive line. You you put in uh uh McCaffrey. Whatever his first name is, I know it's a McCaffrey brother. They're all athletic, but uh, you put in you you put him in, it's going to be no different. There, yeah, there's it's, it's, Shea Patterson is not the problem. There's still a terrible sure. offensive line. No. Um, and this is the this is the same uh, Michigan team that you know Florida throttled, and what put them back on the map apparently. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know Army come in there and man. They had, they I mean, had it right there. I mean, it's the same thing that they did to Oklahoma last year. Yep, same they thing. They went into overtime, but I mean, Oklahoma still made the playoff. Is Michigan season is not done. I mean, they can they can still pull it together. They got to get their offense in sync. Their defense really ain't a problem. They got to get their offense in sync, and then they got to fix the offensive line. The offensive line is a big yeah. problem. I actually picked Army to win that. JT, you picked Michigan. So good pick for you. Yeah. Um, other picks that we did. You picked uh, Florida State to win. No, you sorry. You picked Boise I State. I picked Boise. I picked Florida State. Thank you. Uh, I would have, I would have picked Boise State to win that game too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I did. Did you see so. the picture? I'm sorry. Did you see the picture on Twitter of the uh, Florida State guy 
turned around backwards. Yeah, that's not a hydration problem. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just. What? I did see that. What? I don't know. Was that Photoshop though? Was that Ledecky? No, they, they. I mean, they gained a first down out of that play, so something worked. I mean, his shadow, everything was facing. I mean, you're that. staring at your own quarterback, bro. Yeah. I mean, was he trying to confuse the defense? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, that's what it was. I, that's, I, I'm just gonna give him benefit of the doubt. They were, they were just trying to, you know. So to answer the question, is Michigan not who we thought they were, or are they exactly who we thought they were? Because right now, to me, I don't think they are who they, they are who I thought they were. Yeah, they're uh, they're exactly who I thought they were. Not not worthy of a top ten. No. Okay. No. They're they're going. They're playing Wisconsin in week three. We're gonna do our pick on that one because I have that written down. No, this week four. Is a week three. Are they going to Wisconsin or are they playing in the big house? I believe they're going to Wisconsin. Uh, I'm bringing it up. I, think I thought I had I, it up. I didn't have it up. I think Jonathan Taylor is going to run all over them. Can we can we talk about Hank Buckmeyer no, real week, quick? I'm sorry. That's week four. They have a bye week. I, I think I'm, I'm Wisconsin in that one. I'm We'll, we'll get to that. They don't even have a yeah. line published for that just yet. Yeah. But what'd you say? Hank Buckmeyer, quarterback from Boise State, put up gaudy numbers against Florida State. He did. True freshman, dude. Got three brothers. This is the fun part about him. Three brothers named Buck, Tiger, yeah, and Bear. Yes. Yes, I heard that. Yeah. Yes. How did he get Hank then? Did you say yeah, Hank? I don't know. I, yeah, his How name is Hank Buckmeyer, and he got stuck with Buck, Tiger, and Bear. I would feel left out. Bear Buckmeyer. Hank, tell me he, why do. If he doesn't have his own brand of jerky by the time this is all over with, yeah, Bear Buckmeyer. Bear Buckmeyer. I like it. Yeah. I just I, it's Huck. the coolest. Uh, Huck. The Buck. coolest. The coolest group of brothers there is out there. Yeah. yeah. I feel so, like I feel like they raised a lot of you know what in Boise, Idaho. Yeah. Are we? Are they? Uh, we know they're hitting the panic button down in or up in Knoxville. Are they hitting the panic button in Tallahassee right now? Yeah. Before even State? though even though they won, I, they started hitting the panic button last season. A hard fought win against Louisiana Monroe, or was it Louisiana Lafayette? One, it yeah, doesn't really matter. Two. They're yeah. both equally bad. Yeah, um, I'm not. I don't know what to think about Florida State, man. I was kind of. I gave them a lot of credit. I, I said that Willie Taggart was going to do something great. Man, with the with the but that's with the, not what's happening. With the talent that they have available to them, Cam Akers was a wasted commodity. Yes, and it's just they they FSU is a premier program. Yeah, they are. They're and, and right now they are falling off the map. We actually know a Florida State fan. Shout out! I'm not going to say your name on the air. Uh, a good friend of ours. Well, I'll say his first name, Dustin. No. And uh, <laughs> I'll air out his frustration a little bit. He he texted me while he was watching the game. He says, hey, do you guys have any UGA gear you could possibly give me? Because I'm about to burn every piece of FSU gear I got. <laughs> I got you, big dog. No, he, he's a better fan than that. He's just frustrated. He is As you can frustrated. imagine, you can imagine, you go from a program that was dominant yeah. with Jimbo yeah. Fisher, and then he leaves, and literally overnight, this program goes it's, into the dumpster. Yeah, so it's just I can imagine. shambles. It is. All right, so what's not in shambles is my landscaping. You know why? Because you've got a certain person that's a very professional type person yeah. who's handling your landscaping. Trey Heath and his crew from JD's Landscaping take care of my landscaping. It looks wonderful. I haven't had to touch it. We need some rain, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, we we got did some get some. Either. We got some today. Yeah, yeah we did. 
Thank the Lord for that. A nice storm. And thank the Lord for JD's landscaping and irrigation. He takes care of me. He can take care of you. 912-271-6320. We appreciate his hard work on our landscaping here at the podcast studio. And we also appreciate his sponsorship of the podcast. We're going to take a short break. On the other side, we're going to do some more picks for week three and four. JT, what you drinking? I am drinking tonight. I've kind of doubled up tonight. Uh, had a land shark to start with. Mm-hmm. Start out with land shark, nice island style lager, and I'm gonna finish up the night with uh, Dos Equis. Dos Equis. Dos Equis, especial. Keep it interesante. That's right, baby. Nice. Nice. What about you, there, Stat Man? I. Uh, it's about all I drink anymore is the Longboard Island Lager. It's Hawaiian beer. Hawaiian beer. Uh, yeah, aloha. Aloha. I am having a rare it's purified drinking water Ooh. from Bentonville, Arkansas. And that is great value. Age That's the is, home, is great value. The home of it Walmart. Is 16.9 fluid ounces of pure hydration. That's probably what I need to be drinking. That's getting yeah. you a little good buzz over there, ain't it? Yeah, I am buzzing right now, and that by that I mean my bladder is full. <laughs> I've already peed <laughs> twice. So. All right, guys, week three and four is upon us. I can't believe it. We're already two weeks into the season. Where's the time going? It felt like it took forever to get here, and it's flying by. Yeah, I know. I don't to, like it. Needs to slow down. All right, let's start it off. Week three. We got, we're not going to do all the games from week three. We just picked out some of the interesting matchups, right? And, guys, remember your picks. Write down your picks. You got a piece of paper? There's a notebook right here because I don't have enough room to keep up with them. First game. Everybody remembers 2010, right? How much of an upset? 2010. How much of an upset it was when the Crimson Tide rolled into Columbia, South Carolina, expecting to win, and Stephen Garcia and his Gamecocks handed Bama a loss, 35-21. to Bama and USC square off. The line right now is uh, in favor of Bama, quite obviously. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Alabama was favored by twenty-five and a half. That no, game. I think Stephen Garcia is like sixty years old right now. Right now, the line is twenty-five in favor of Bama. Obviously, we pick Bama. The mm-hmm. over/under set at sixty. I'm going to take Bama. I think Bama yeah. completely lays it on them. Oh yeah, Bama might hang sixty. Bama themselves. just they. I don't know. You know, Nick Saban. He's not known for a lot of points. Even even um, well, he did sixty-two mm-hmm. this I think past he's weekend. That was on. high. That was un- you know unusual. To see. It's Will Muschamp too. It is Will Muschamp. So yeah. I, you may be right, Stat man. He may hang sixty alone on South Carolina. He, he very well could. So that's a, that's unanimous, right? We're all mm, picking oh yeah. Bama. Yeah. All right, um, the Gators of Florida. They're going to the Bluegrass State. Square off against Kentucky. Big rematch From last season when Kentucky snapped the 32-year losing streak to Florida. Do we repeat? Does Kentucky beat Florida? Who's favored by what? Florida's favored by eight and a half right now. I will take Kentucky minus the points, but Florida will win the game. I do think Florida wins. I'm going with UK. And I, I do think they cover. i got to be honest. I'm going with UK for the upset. You're going for UK for the upset. Listen yep. to the over-under. It's interesting. 50 and a half. Good God. Yeah. Mm. So they're expecting a high-scoring affair here. I, I just I don't, don't think see it's, that. I don't think it's going to be – well, I, I do. I see Florida winning by at least two touchdowns. Mm, I, I, I think it's a, it's a touchdown or less. Okay. So I've got UF 
I'll take. I mean, I'll take Florida. Okay. But I think I think UK. I want. I would like to see Kentucky continue it, just because I think Mark Stoops is a genuinely good dude. Yeah. And I would like to see Kentucky win it for Terry Wilson. But I just Sawyer Smith coming in and this and he's gonna be at home. You know, he might dude. He might surprise some people, man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He, he's got the experience. Five and two as a starter at Troy. But I just I think Florida's pass rush is gonna overwhelm Kentucky. So yeah. So we got J, JT's got the. I'm upset. going with the upset, man. All right. Going with the upset. And me and Statman take Florida, but with different ideas of how they cover or yeah. not. Um, here's a cool one, in my opinion. Stanford at UCF. I think UCF. Uh, yeah, I think that's all UCF there. I think they cover the spread too. Yeah, and it's, it's favored by what seventeen. No, UCF is favored by a touchdown right now. Oh, okay. I must the over-under is – why are these over-unders? It's 58. Wow. I mean, UCF can score points now. Yeah, they can, but I just don't know if they're going to put up that many against Stanford. I I, I like UCF in that also. Um, I think that – I think UCF I has, take UCF to cover. Yeah, I think they have too many too many athletes for yeah, Stanford. I take, I take UCF to cover. So – Everybody, that's yes, we're uh, all in agreement there, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Brandon, Brandon Winbush, that was if if I was on the uh, last podcast with you guys, that was going to be my uh, transfer quarterback pick. Brandon Winbush, Brandon Winbush over Jalen Hurts. No, Jalen Hurts is the obvious answer. Over Justin Fields, Jalen over Tommy Stevens. All right, you, hey, you do you, man. <laughs> Brandon Winbush is he's he's that guy. That big, dude. Hey, uh, by the way, big news out of uh, Fayetteville, Arkansas. Is that where they play? Fayetteville? Uh, Whatever. Art. Out of the Razorback country. Yeah, there Razorback. Yeah. Uh, ben Hicks has been replaced by Nick Starkle. Nick Starkle finally has he him a starting gig. Finally got him a starting gig. I saw that. So we'll we'll see if that changes you the – talking about, you talking about somebody who's uh, 60 years old. Yeah, no kidding. Nick Starkle. Yeah. So we'll see if that changes the traje- trajectory of Arkansas' season. I doubt it, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Here's a fun one. Clemson and Syracuse. Clemson. Do yeah. we have Syrac- Clemson on? Do, do, do we do we have him on upset alert? Maybe? No. no. Did you see what happened with Maryland last week? I did. That was pretty. That was rough. Yeah. Mike Loxley. Mike. We see you, Mike. Yeah. That was pretty good. Uh, Clemson favored by twenty-seven. I think they should be favored by more. Yeah. They got uh they got old uh, what's Josh Jackson from Virginia Tech last season. Uh huh. Transferred in. He's putting up numbers for Maryland. Yep. That's a fun offense to watch. Over under on this game is 58 fifty-eight and a half. Yeah, Syr- uh, Syracuse just doesn't have the firepower this season. No. Yeah. I, I see Clemson completely run away with that game. Yeah. We'll see Chase Bryce or whoever they want to throw in this quarterback come probably second quarter. Second quarter <laughs> or second half at the very least. So, yeah, we're locked on Clemson. All right, this is a very fun one. Iowa at Iowa State. Going with the Cyclones right off the bat. Iowa State is not ranked. Iowa is ranked the current. Uh, Iowa's favored by two points right now. Two points. So this is a good one. It's in Ames? Yes. Yes. Forty-four and, you know, and a half. You know how tough they are in Ames. Give me the clones. I'm taking Cyclones for the upset. And I think they get it by a touch. And I think they cover the spread also. I think they they, they were they were ranked in the preseason, weren't they? They were like they were like 21st or something like that. Yeah, they were ranked. They, they were, were in the top there. 25. Yeah. Yeah. But I think uh, – Plus, I think they've had a bye week. They had a bye week week two. Mm-hmm. So, there should be rested. There should be a fun game. Ready I think it's going to be a higher scoring game than 44 and a half spread. I, I, just, I, feel like, under. I feel like this game should be played when it's f- frozen. Yeah. Yeah. 
an ideal. I, the Iowa Bowl should be played when the field is frozen. Well, it's in Iowa. I don't so. even, what, is that, what's it called? I know it's not the Iowa Bowl. That's too plain. Is it called anything? I don't know that it is. Hmm. We can name it. What do you want to name it? Mm, the Iowa Bowl for right now. We're coming okay, up with something more that's clever. Fine. Iowa Bowl. <laughs> I, I picked the Cyclones to win it by a field goal. Dumb. What what's uh what's known? Uh, corn. It's it's corn and snow. Hawkeyes and Cyclones. They got it covered. How about the Corn Bowl? Corn Bowl. Corn Bowl. I'm sure I like that, that. That sounds like a thing. Yeah. yeah. Corn Bowl. So week four. That's it on week three. Unless you had any matchups you don't want to talk about, but uh, yeah, there was one I wanted. To, I was, was one I wanted to get you guys as a opinion on. Let me uh, pull up ESPN here. Go ahead. Um, this uh, this uh, USC and BYU game. SC is at BYU. USC is favored by four right now. Over BYU. Yes. That is an interesting matchup. I got four and a half on my my uh, this the over under fifty two. All right. I'll bite. I'll take USC. Where are they playing? They're playing at they're in, playing in, 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 in Mormon pro, country. In Provo. I'm going with the uh, I'm going with the Cougars, man. What? Okay. Yeah. Coming, I th- coming, I think coming the Trojans off, coming off Tennessee are playing for for Clay Hilton right now. Coming off Tennessee, man, yeah. come on. They gonna, that boys going to be pumped up, son, ready to go. Yeah, maybe so. We'll see. How how pumped can Mormons actually get? We'll nah. see. Nah. Yeah, I'm a, I'm going to take USC. You take USC, yeah. and I think they cover. I think they do too. I'm going. With I'm not. I'll, I won't. Uh, I'll say a touchdown. I won't say more than a touchdown. I'll say by ten. I think USC by ten. Good, good game though. I did, I missed that one. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and start with another USC game, Week Four, which will be Friday, September twentieth. Utah goes to USC. Excited about this game. There's no line yet. Give me Utah. I take Utah. Yeah, I think the Utes. Yep, I take Utah. All right. Everybody's got Utah on that one. Here's another one. Michigan, Wisconsin. This is mm. in Wisconsin. This is a noon kickoff. Why this is a noon kickoff, I don't know, but it is. And it's in uh, Camp Randall Stadium. Wisconsin. Madison, got, Wisconsin. I got the Badgers, man. I yeah. got the Badgers on I'm going to take Michigan on that one. Okay. Yep, I'm going to take Wisconsin. I think Jonathan Taylor's going to have a big day. He's going to have to. Oh, Josh Donaldson just hit a home run. Here's uh, here's another one that involves Florida. And this is before I had this road down before the second meltdown from Tennessee. But Tennessee travels to the swamp. I think this is a pretty well a no-brainer. Unless some kind of miracle happens. <laughs> it's at least a four-touchdown game. There's no line on it yet. And I wouldn't bet on it even if there was like any actual money. But Florida's going to boat race Tennessee. Yeah, it's, a, just, it's at least four touchdowns. Yeah, UF is going to boat race Tennessee. That pass rush is going to be all over Garantano. I just, I don't see it. So. Yeah, I take the Gators on that. Yeah. <coughs> Here's one that's uh, very interesting to me, and I, I'm going to enjoy watching this game. Um, and that's South Carolina will travel to the other Columbia and take on the Tigers of Mizzou. No line on this one either. I think Mizzou wins. I'm going yeah. With, yeah, I'm going yeah, I with Mizzou. I think we all agree yeah. on that. I think Mizzou wins. I think Kelly Bryant is going to find his stride in Derek Dooley's defense, or offense, rather, and uh, he's going to do it. All right, here's another one. I like this one. 
This one's fun too. Uh, Kentucky and Mississippi State. This is in Davis Wade Stadium in Starkville. Kentucky. Really? Yep. I don't know, man. I I, I gotta take. I gotta go with uh, the other Bulldogs on that one. It's in Starkville. It's in Starkville, and Kentucky's gonna be coming off of a week three uh, loss, possibly against the Gators of Gainesville. Mm. Statman's dad. He's he's picking uh, he's picking Big Blue Nation. I am, BBN baby. Yeah, I would rather Kentucky win. I I particularly ha- I'm quite fond of Kentucky, as I am of Vandy. But what is what has Mississippi State done so far? I haven't really been keeping up with them. They're two zero. Who have they their, played? Their defense is pretty good. Uh, they've not played anybody of note um, in terms of, but they they played Southern uh, Mississippi thirty eight fifteen. They got uh, the Raging Cajuns, 38-28. They got Kansas State in week th- uh, three. So we don't know much about them, but I just feel like their defense is a little more stout. I'll go with the Pups. And plus they have Tommy Stevens, who is a proven commodity. Yeah, I'll go with the Pups. You're going to go with the Pups? All yeah. Right. Cool. All right, another fun one. Week four is getting interesting, guys. Auburn goes to College Station. And they take on the Aggies at Kyle Field. Who wins this game? This is an interesting matchup. Both have two nut two nut games in week three. Week three brings Kent State to Auburn. I don't remember who Texas A&M plays, but it's it's not anybody of note. I'm going with the Aggies. You're going with the Aggies. I'm going with the Aggies. I'm going with the Tigers. <sighs> I think they find a way to win. I think A&M secondary is solid. Call the station. Yep. Twelfth man. 3.30 kickoffs. I think a and is actually favored in this game by three. Yeah, I'm going with Aggies. I will, I will, uh, I will, uh, I will, uh, I'll take A&M. Okay. I stand alone over here on my little island. I'll take Auburn. Well, you are sitting by yourself on that side of the table, um, so. Yeah. All right, guys. And then the premier matchup, in my opinion, 8 o'clock game on CBS. The Fighting Irish roll into Dooley Field, newly christened Dooley Field at Sanford Stadium to take on our Bulldogs. No line on this right now. The Domers don't if have you a had chance. To, if you had to guess a line, what would it be? If I had to guess a line from Vegas right now, mm-hmm. based on the way Notre Dame has played and the way Georgia has played, hmm, 17. I, I would have to see them play how they're going to play New Mexico. But I would say the line is probably... I'd say ten and a half. I favor, was gonna say in twelve. Favor, in favor was, of UGA. I was gonna say twelve. Nah, so seventeen. I don't think it's seventeen just because yeah. we haven't proven much yet either. Because mm. no, we haven't played anybody with a real pulse just yet. And you know, Arkansas State. I don't, this is gonna sound. I know everybody on the other end is. Oh God, Arkansas State is actually fairly decent. Yeah, they're not bad. They're gonna be more of a challenge than Murray State. Obviously, Sun Belt not, Conference. Not the challenge of Notre Dame. However, if you were Kirby Smart. Do you break out the black jerseys for this game? Absolutely not. No. That is sad because, yes, yes, you would. No. No. I don't want no part of the black jersey. I want part of a W. So I, I'm picking UGA, obviously. And if the line was at 10.5, I would pick them to cover that. Because I think they beat Notre Dame by more than that. It's, it's going to be more than a one point game like it was yes. the yeah. year before I'd, last. I don't think Notre Dame can handle 
the rushing attack that Georgia has. I think we beat and them. And I don't think they handily. can have anybody that can that can handle George Pickens. No, and but just the rushing attack alone, all night long from four to five different running backs, all with different styles. Right. You know, I'll, I'll say this too about Georgia's rushing attack. I'm all for running up the middle. Great. Try it two or three times. Guess what? That's not working. Go to the perimeter. Yeah. The blocking that they are getting on the outside runs is amazing. I am in I I am impressed with any anybody as I am with uh Demetrius Robertson and the way that he has stepped up and started being physical and earning his and his playing time by downfield blocking. Matt Landers has been blocking. Mm-hmm. But even just the tight ends have been blocked. Dude, Eli Wolf worked his behind off his past mm-hmm. two games. I'm impressed with Eli Wolf. I'm I am in, too. I'm impressed with Eli Wolf more than I thought I would be at this point. That in the was season. a big loss for Tennessee. Yeah. To be honest. No, he knew what he was doing. He knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah. But I, I'm just Georgia. When they go to the outside, remember some of DeAndre Swift's runs. They were all of the outside perimeter, right? Getting right. blocks. So, not all of them, but for the majority of them, that's that's what's happening. So. All right, so we all pick UGA, correct? Right. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Going with the dogs. All right, that's week three and week four. There's of course plenty of other games going on, but mm-hmm. those are the important ones. But these are the these are the high, you know, the marquee games. I would say. You want to talk some Braves, stat man? I'm gonna talk some Braves. Pin all right, it, we're gonna talk it, some baby. Atlanta pin Braves. Uh, you guys, uh, you guys pay attention to the Braves, right? Absolutely. Yeah. They're winning okay. right now, seven to one against the Phillies. Yeah. Yeah. Josh Donaldson, bringer of rain, just hit another bringer home run. Bringer of rain. This is the first Braves team since 2003 to have three players with 30-plus home runs. You know how many games they won that season? How many did they win last season? In 2003? No, how many? 101. 101. That's wow. a lot of games. That's a lot of games. Mm-hmm. They won the NL East that season. I mean, you know, yeah. Freddie Freeman, 38 home runs, 115 RBIs. Ronald Acuna Jr., out of the leadoff spot, will have 100 RBIs this year. That is absurd. To have yeah. 100 RBIs out of a leadoff position. That's, just, that's let, crazy. I, I hope he never this. leaves. Let me say this about Acuna. He just hit another home run, by the way, tonight. He's got 38 home runs and 34 stolen yep. bases. He's going to get 44 to this season. That's awesome. He was, uh, he was, he's been in kind of a slump here he's lately. He's been in a slump, but he's still hitting tanks. Yeah, but you got to hit more than just tanks, man. you got to When you, you hit leadoff tanks – when you're hitting leadoff tanks, this is all that matters. This is what this is what I think. This is what I think about Acuna. This is what I think he needs. He's the best leadoff hitter in baseball. Yes. No. Well, yeah, that too. Okay. But this is as long as you think that, that's all that matters. Okay. I, th- I think I think Snip maybe need to give him like maybe a day off. I think he needs to give. Well, him a every day time off. he gives him a day off, the uh, Twitter fans go, you know, ape on him. Well, Twitter fans can do that, but I mean, we're thinking about long run here. We're thinking about we're thinking about winning this pennant. Well, we're also trying to beat the Dodgers for the best record in the NL and get home to home get field home field advantage, advantage, which is not easy. So, give give the guy a rest, they're man. Two two and a half as we speak right now. They're they're two and a half games back at the Dodgers for the best record in the NL. Yeah. Um. But I, anyways, I would, I would give him a. I mean, young kid, man, give him a rest. Just just let him well, rest a little bit. We need Austin Austin Riley to start hitting the ball again for that to happen. Um, Josh Donaldson. Everybody gave the Braves. Absolute crap for signing him in the offseason, saying he was washed up. You know, he's former MVP. You you bring in a former MVP to this clubhouse and let him find his role. 
he will start hitting the ball. He said in the pre, he said in spring training, he said if if I'm healthy, I will hit the ball. He's hit 36 home runs and got 80 85 RBIs, and that's after he hit like 220 for the first month of the season. Yeah, man, he's playing like he was like he, like he's 20 years old again. Yeah, he's playing just like he did with Toronto. Yeah, and 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 love you, Dad. Love you to death, but you were wrong about this one. Yes. Yeah. Is well, Dad listening? Possibly. Uh, uh, probably uh, not. He still owns a flip phone from Walmart, so I doubt yeah. it. Yeah. He's <laughs> he doesn't know how to get to this these kind of things. That's all right. They have eight total players on their roster with ten plus home runs. That's absurd. And uh, before Dansby Swanson got hurt, mind you, with his heel, he was oh, he, leading NL he was shortstops in RBIs. So he'll come. He'll he'll get it back. To all you Dansby haters. Yeah, he'll get it back. They have a team ERA of 420, which ranks fourth in the NL. So all you people that want to give the bullpen crap, take it somewhere else. They have three starting pitchers with 10-plus wins. I don't can't remember the last time that happened for the Braves. It had to have been when Tim Hudson was on the staff. Green and Martin were huge for us. And, and Melanson, too. Yeah, and Melanson, yeah, definitely. They have the ninth-best bullpen overall in the majors. In 42 saves, which ties for the third best in the MLB. So all you, uh, you Luke Jackson haters, yeah, he's not the best. He's not a he's not a, a established closer, but he did the job when he had to. Well, Luke Jack, the thing about Luke Jackson is, is you just never know what you're going to get when he comes in. He's got one Some, of the nastiest sliders. Oh, he's got a nasty slider. But if he but hangs if it's it, on, it's, it's getting banged. If it's on, it's on. But when it's off. It's right down Peachtree, baby, right. and it's going to get crushed. Right. So, I mean, you you put all that together with the additions that you get at the deadline in Shane Green, Mark Melanson, and Chris Martin. Yeah, you traded away a few couple prospects that could pan out. Colby Allers, he's dealing right now for, tech, for, for the Texas Rangers. But when he did get chances with the Braves, he was not good. Mm-hmm. He was pegged coming out of high school when he got drafted. He was pegged the next Clayton Kershaw. He's looked like the next like Patrick Corbin at best, which it's not bad, but it's not the next Clayton Kershaw. So you trade away those pieces. You get pieces that have been in the game for a long time. Mark melanton has got over 100 career saves. Shane Green's had a – even though his whip has been up there this year in the tops – and the, the he's he's had one of the worst whips in the league this year. He's had one of the lowest ERAs. I mean, Chris Martin doesn't walk people. You you put all that together, you got a you you got a World Series team. We've got a we've got the formula for a championship. Oh, no doubt. That's just you know. But right now, what are we? Nine games ahead of the Nationals right now. Yeah, yeah, we're nine games uh, starting today. Yep. And beating up on the Phillies right now. Beating up on the Phillies right now, which is in Philadelphia. And that's mm-hmm. even better. And, it, you know, we started off 0-3 in Philadelphia this year, but we had Bryce Wilson and Kyle Wright start two of I those I wish games. I could remember how many people picked the Phillies to win the East. It was a pretty good bit. No, oh, it nobody, was, nobody from MLB nobody Network. Nobody picked the Braves. From, yeah, from it MLB was, Network picked the Braves to win it the East. It, it was a landslide it for, was either for fi- Philly. It was, and there was a couple Washingtons here and there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, nobody picked the Braves. And Washington's a better pick than Philadelphia. And well, then, yeah, and I mean, then somebody, one person picked the Mets. On paper, I don't. Yeah, that's that ridiculous. <laughs> but you know, they they surged. Uh, I don't know. On paper, Philly was a smart choice. Yeah, 
They get the additions of JT Romuto, Bryce Harper, Bryce Harper. You still got Aaron Nola and you know Jake Arrieta. He's, uh-huh. he's had bone spurs in his elbow for the past three years. You can't help that. But uh, I mean, outside of Aaron Nola and and Jake Arrieta, they don't have really a pitching staff. We were facing Nola tonight, weren't we? Yeah. And then we uh we uh teed off on him. Teed off. Yep. So yeah, man, this this pennant race is uh it's it's getting it's getting exciting. Um. Do we think that we're going to catch the Dodgers? I think we will, just because of the competition that we play. Who Who's the Dodgers got left? Do you remember? I can't tell you who the Dodgers have left. Yeah, I, I, I know they, they got a, a couple series against, uh, I think, the Rockies. Yeah, that's, that's always we're, a tough we're just one. We're getting to the point now where it's pretty clear. There's yeah. going to be a Braves-Dodger, you know. I, I think so, because I think uh, right now we match up with the Cardinals in uh, the right. division series because I think the Cardinals, I think they got like two and a half games on the Cubs in the Central. I think they'll come out of the Central. I've always liked the Cardinals too. But uh, I, we match up well with the Cardinals. We uh, we should move on to the NLCS this year. Yeah. You know, the Atlanta sports curse can always change that. Mm. But uh, Atlanta United is keeping hopes alive, baby. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully Appreciate they broke that. Sure, in the Falcons. Uh, yeah, well. Luckily, this is not an NFL podcast. The Falcons are like hot garbage in week one. <laughs> they look like Tennessee. Ne- ne- yeah. yeah, well, no, they don't look as bad as Tennessee. Uh, Listen, guys, Tennessee fans, we don't. We want you to do better. Yeah. yeah. We, want we want better some, for you. We want some competition. Same, in for, same for you, Vandy. Let's get it together, state of Tennessee. Jeez. We need, we need some We need some competition in the East. Yeah. I think we're going to have plenty, but I think Florida's going to keep getting better. But well, they haven't been tested. They gotta, they well, gotta they have been tested. Not with Dan Mullen. They they got to stay away from the transfer portal first yeah. and foremost. And they're getting a lot of injuries. Not going to happen Their with Dan depth Mullen. is going to keep being tested. but uh, Not going to happen with Dan Mullen. Well, remains to be seen. They they were tested with Miami, and they passed the Tennessee Martin test. We'll see what happens week three. Sorry, yeah. more Braves. We're getting back into football. No, nah, I think that, uh, that, that about covers it. About covers it. Yeah. Hit me with a random stat. I want to hear a random okay. stat. Okay. You hear some random. Yeah. You know, uh, you know. How many uh, players in the NFL actually last more than more than five years? I don't. It's hard to say because sometimes these guys get buried in the depth chart, or they get resigned to the practice squad. Yeah, Yeah. the average NFL career is three point three years. That's the average career. That's the average. How about that? And look at Tom Brady. 59 years old, still throwing touchdowns. Slinging it, son. <laughs> he is slinging it. You got running backs at two and a half years, wide receivers at 2.8 years, cornerbacks at 2.9 years. You so know the you, could, could you uh, you guys tell me the the longest tenured players as uh, for average careers in the NFL? What position? Well, I mean, hey guys, sorry about that. Small technical difficulty kind of cut us off there at the end. Uh, as we were starting to answer Statman's random stat question. The answer to that question, by the way, is the punter, the place kicker. They have the most longevity in the NFL. We were dancing all around that. We, we guessed every position on the field except that one, me and JT did. So cool random stat from Statman. Uh, again, we apologize for the technical difficulty. We got the issue resolved, but not before the recording ended abruptly the way that it did. Hopefully that doesn't happen again. We appreciate the patience, and we also appreciate you guys listening very much. Um, what else? Did, you didn't miss much at the end. Uh, you did miss uh, at the very end of that. We were announcing the 
uh, an interview that we did with a, with a gentleman named Kirk McKnight. He's an author. We did an interview with him about his book uh, on Dale Murphy and why he should be in the Hall of Fame. You'll hear that interview right after this segment. And um, also the special announcement that we promised here on Episode 10. Okay, here it is. On November 2nd, 2019, it's the day of the Georgia-Florida game in Jacksonville, Florida, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. The Dropouts podcast will be live and on location at Sneakers Sports Bar and Grill at 111 Beach Boulevard in Jacksonville Beach, Florida. So mark your calendars. November 2nd, 2019, myself, JT, Statman, we're going to be live and in the house at Sneakers in Jacksonville Beach, Florida for the Georgia-Florida game. Y'all come and see us. Come and hang out with us. They got great food. They got a fully stocked bar, wonderful wait staff. This place is usually packed for game day, and I expect nothing less on the Georgia-Florida game. It's going to be a wonderful time. You guys come see us. We'll be set up inside the restaurant. We're going to be doing a podcast from there. We're going to be uh, walking around and doing some live tweets and uh, live Twitter videos, live Facebook videos with some of of you guys in the restaurant to talk about the Georgia-Florida game. And uh, even if you're not a fan of the Georgia Bulldogs or the Florida Gators, come and see us. Come and hang out with us. It's going to be a good time. They're going to have other games playing. But November 2nd. 2019 come and see us we're going to be setting up around noon the actual game kicks off at 3 30 that afternoon but guys please come and see us check out sneakers even if you're in the jacksonville uh beach area check them out before november 2nd they're a great place to be me and my wife we love going there we make at least two or three trips uh every football season go hang out with the with the wonderful people down at sneakers so guys come and see us november 2nd 2019 is going to be a great time we're going to have a special guest on the phone uh a former florida gator tied in mr ben troop is supposed to be joining us on the phone and he's agreed to do that we're looking forward to that and uh we're just going to have a good time hopefully we see you there y'all come and see us thank you so much for listening again find us on twitter at podcast dropouts Find our podcast wherever you find your podcast. Subscribe so that you see when we, when we release new content. We really appreciate you guys tuning in. Thank you so much. On the other side of this, you're going to hear the interview that we did with Kirk McKnight. Thank you, guys. God bless you. Love and light. Go dogs. Hey, guys. It's the Dropouts Podcast, and we are here with a very special guest, Mr. Kirk McKnight. He is an author, and he has written quite a few books. Mr. Kirk, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Great. Great. Doing great, Kurt. Yeah. Thanks for coming on the show to talk about your, your newest book. Um, and you're out in Nevada. Did I say it right? That's right. All Nevada right. is right. Good deal, man. Or you could just say Vegas. Are you in Vegas? I'm in Vegas, yeah. I'm oh, Vegas. nice. Oh. Me and Hunter had a great time in Vegas here, uh, what, how many years ago? <laughs> it's been a few years back when we went. but uh, Yeah, we had was, a good time. Yeah, it was fun. It was an experience, I'll say that. <laughs> it was a definite experience. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Kurt, tell us about your book. Well, my book is basically an argument uh, for Dale Murphy and his case for the Hall of Fame. He's more likely than not going to be on the Modern Era Committee ballot this December, uh, a ballot that comes out every two years. So it's kind of like second life for any players who didn't make it onto the, you know, that were on the ballot but didn't make it into the Hall of Fame. It's kind of second life for 
some amendments. So uh, I learned about this modern era committee ballot uh, last summer, and which is interesting because <clears throat> they had already had uh, the ballot once before, and I just was not aware of it. Right. And when I saw that Mo- that Murphy was still being put on on a ballot like this, I thought, great. Now you know when I had first written my first book, The Voices of Baseball. You know, uh, the time had already passed. You know, his 15 years on the ballot had already come and gone, and he didn't get inducted and didn't get voted in. So I thought, okay, there it goes. That's it. And then when I found out about the Modern Air Committee, I thought, oh, well, you know, now I have a platform. You know, I have yeah. contacts. I have, I have broadcaster colleagues. I have people I can utilize. So why don't I put together an argument for Del Murphy? And the book itself has quite a few people that the Atlanta area and the Georgia area would have, uh, definitely be quite familiar with Bobby Cox, Bernie Johnson Jr., Bob Walk, who used to play for the Braves, mm-hmm. John Sterling, who used to be the broadcaster for the Braves back in the earliest part of his career, and the voice of the Braves on the radio, Jim Powell. So there's a few just to start. And there's also a couple other broadcasters from other parts of the of the nation that are involved in it too. And are, they're all basically very much uh, in favor of the argument that Del Murphy should be in the Hall of Fame. Without question, and frame it up for us a little bit, Kurt. What? Why is he not? Is there a good explanation as to why Dale Murphy has not made it into the Hall of Fame despite his success in the '80s with the Braves? I think there's a couple of excuses that people point to. I think the, the biggest, the biggest, the biggest excuse that people point to would probably be the way his career ended. His last two or three years there in Philadelphia, and even like his last year in Atlanta, his, his batting average really dipped down. His power numbers still stuck around for a couple of years. Uh, even going over to Philadelphia, he still had some power numbers. But, you know, in 92, the year before he basically retired, that last year at the Phillies, his numbers weren't there because he missed almost the entire year due to his knees. Uh, he got cut by the Phillies. But that was all – it was not like a regular being cut kind of thing. He took a pay cut, kind of made an agreement in a sense with the general manager of the Phillies, the Phillies, Manager, General Manager Lee Thomas made sure that there was something set up for Del Murphy before he officially cut him because he just meant that much to the people of Philadelphia and the team, even for that brief period of time. So that's one reason that people point to is the way his career kind of wound down. But another thing is, if you look at the timing, and this is something that's kind of been brought to my attention and getting people's feedback and kind of seeing the chat responses when when there's an article done on the book and things like that, and Nothing I really, it's all in the book, but a lot of people point to it as well, which is good because the timing of Murphy uh, playing and the timing of him being on the Hall of Fame ballots probably couldn't have been less in his favor if right. it tried to. It just, mm-hmm. because when he was hitting the home runs, he was leading the league in home runs a couple of times. You know, he had a year where he hit 44 home runs. So, I mean, he was up there with, the National League, he was in the top five, I think, seven or eight times, uh, top ten at least, seven or eight times in home runs. And those numbers at those times were good. And then we have a year after he was retired, we have the baseball strike. Okay, right. so then we get then we get baseball trying to get back into some kind of, through some way or another, trying to get back into the hearts of the fans of baseball. So what do we have? We have these players hitting 60, 61, 70, you know, 66 and 70 home runs in 98, then 
73 home runs in 2001 and just these numbers that are just otherworldly. So now, by comparison, like, Dale Murphy's numbers don't look good because these guys are hitting 70 home runs. Right. Well, you know, and then by the time that <laughs> by the time that he's been a few years on the ballot, you know, you've lost that steam. You, you know, usually you try to gain steam on the ballot. You lose steam or not. You know, sometimes your numbers just taper off. Sometimes guys don't even make it the full 10 years or 15 years on the ballot. He made it all 15 years, but the numbers weren't impressive. Not any, not anywhere near the 75% you need. So all that time, you know, those numbers that he's having are being compared with some of these guys, 70 home runs, 67, 66 home runs. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, about the 10th year that he's on the ballot, ooh, somebody's calling foul. McNamee report, you know, the, <laughs> right. uh, the, the Senator Mitchell and everything like that. Oh, these numbers are tainted. Oh, well, um, what do we do? You know, the momentum's already kind of carried itself away. That, that could be another ex- explanation for why Murphy never really got uh, too much drive and momentum on the Hall of Fame ballots is because all these numbers that people were just thinking, wow, man, I can't believe these guys are just destroying this ball, you know, right. things like that. Well, there's a reason they were destroying the ball. So you can't, it's, 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 this may not be a good argument, but it's like you can't, unsee things sometimes you know right. like the lady who here, here's here's an example it may or may not make sense to you guys but the lady who tried to sue wendy's saying there's a finger in her chili okay <laughs> that was a hoax but now when you think i want a cup of chili you can't help but think i hope there's not a finger in it sure even yeah. though it's a total even though it's a total hoax you cannot un unpicture that you cannot unsee that in your mind even though she came out and said that you already put it in your mind your mental right. capacity only can care, you know, load so much. It has so much that it rejects, so much excess and whatever. So it's like you can't unsee that. So it's like basically I think that's the way it is, you know. I think that's kind of with Bill Murphy that you guys can't unsee the fact that somebody hits 70 home runs. So what if they're tainted or whatever? 70 home runs, 44 home runs. It he must not have been a slugger than he thought, you know. That's oh, right. he, was a, he was a power hitter and all that. You can't unsee that. So you can't turn back time, but now we have a chance. Let's start fresh. Let's get them on a new ballot, and let's just see if we can really just kind of get down to brass tacks and see just how Hall of Fame worthy he is. It's interesting that as good a uh, player as Dale Murphy was, that he was a victim of circumstance and just bad timing. Yeah. Oh, I mean, if you think about his career, the year after he got traded from the Braves, that's when they started their string of 14 straight, you know, division titles. Right, And then, if you think about the year that he got cut by the Phillies to be drafted in the extension draft, the Phillies made it to the World Series. So, I mean, he's like the kiss of life. (laughs) When he kisses a team goodbye, it's like the kiss (laughs) of life, not the kiss of death. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Kirk, I'll just throw this out there. And, 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 yeah, I mean, I'm sure you probably know about this. I mean, I always called him Murph because, I mean, that was what everybody called him. Um, He carried pretty much – the baseball, I guess, in the southern part of the the country, he was like the face of baseball in the South. Absolutely. And you know his numbers weren't eye popping, uh, like a two sixty five you know lifetime BA um, had three hundred ninety eight home runs, which ranked him fifty ninth. I mean, there's not eye popping, but they're not bad numbers. Uh, no, they're not. And uh, you know, and and it's unfortunate, like you said, you know, just the timing of the whole deal. But uh, you know, I grew up watching Murph, man, and 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 Horner, and uh, I mean, it's just 
and Gary Matthews, those guys, man, what a team, you know, what a team they had. And, and, you know, he did injuries kind of caught up to him age and everything, you know, when he went to the, went to the Phillies, you know, he had the knee problems and everything, but my gosh, man, when he was with Atlanta, I mean, gosh, he was, he was the face of Atlanta. He sure was. And, and another thing that you, that people don't take into consideration is the Atlanta teams he played on. They if you look, terrible. I, I got it. There, yeah, they were. Yeah, they were. Teams. They were. Three, he played three playoff games in his 18 year career, and so, so his postseason numbers that they're non-existent. Yeah. So anyway, you have that going, and then you think about that. So he comes to comes to the plate over 54 percent of the time that he's coming to the plate. There's nobody on base. Mm-hmm. So you you think of those home runs and think of how much more swollen his RBI total would have been had there been more people on base, you know, when he came to that. His total bases for his career are 3,733. That's a pretty that's, impressive number. Yeah, that's impressive. Very impressive number. Now, if you think of pit runners on base, think of how many RBIs that brings in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, also, his on-base percentage was pretty good, too. But his run scoring percentage is 29%. So basically, the supporting cast after him in the in the lineup didn't help him much either. Right. So when you have a run scoring percentage of 29%, you're not getting knocked in a lot. But, you know, there's a lot of things that maybe aren't in people's sight when they sit there and make these decisions. But the things that people who know baseball know about, Hank Aaron said that he's never seen anybody go from first to third on a single like Del Murphy. He said he'd never seen anybody do it in their life the way he did it. And he says, and that's just an instinct in baseball that you just can't teach. He yeah. said Murphy was the best at doing that. And from somebody who's the all-time RBI leader in Major League Baseball history, to say something like that, that's big. let's open our eyes a little bit. Oh, sure. That. Yeah. I kind of want to touch on that uh, 1987 season. Uh, Absolutely. Where I mean, it was better than his 1982 season. He only he finished with, you know, four less RBIs, but his, his – Batting average was higher, his on-base percentage was higher, slugging was higher, OPS, OPS plus was higher. Uh, if he wins, I mean, he finished 11th in voting uh, in the MVP race that year, which is that that this season would have won an MVP in today's game. Absolutely. Uh, if he if 85 he, as well. The 85 season is just as good as the 87. If yeah. You look at those mm-hmm. numbers as well. Yeah. Exactly. If 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 he wins that uh that third MVP, do you think he's a, a first ballot Hall of Famer? I mean, I feel like he should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer with the two back to back MVPs, two time MVP, seven time All Star, and he won five Gold Gloves. I but, mean, I mean, I I feel like personally he should have been in the Hall of Fame by now. But if you if if he wins that third MVP, do you feel like he's a a lock for the Hall of Fame? Absolutely, and that's what I say in my book. I'm sorry, I'm saying absolutely a lot. I'll, I'll, I'll try to think of a different. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> um, no, but he in 1985 as well. I think if you are, you can argue 85 and 87. He should have been MVP for both of those years as well. Now yeah. you got four MVPs. Uh, I, I I do say in the in the book that yeah, three MVPs. We you know three MVPs. I even having this discussion. Right. Yeah. That and I mean the four straight seasons of 162 games played is that's that that's unheard of in today's game as well. Uh, but all all four of those years, he he could have easily easily walked away with an MVP award, and even in that 1987 season. Yeah, so. I I mean that was the season he had 44 home runs, left yeah. home runs, one of his best one of his best seasons period. 
And uh, you say he came in 11th in the uh, MVP voting that year? Yeah. Uh, I mean, if he had a supporting cast, how many home, how many RBIs do you think that was, those 44 home, how many RBIs do you think those 44 home runs would have brought in? <laughs> no, I mean, he had, he ended up with 105 that year, so I could imagine it'd end up in the at least 120s Yeah, with 44 I, home runs. That's that's kind of what I thought. You know, 125, 130 RBI range about there with some decent supporting cast. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I, I just it, it just blows my mind, you know, and and I'm sure that you cover most of that in your book. Uh, you know, he's there. There's guys on this Hall of Fame right now, and I think Murph's a lot more deserving. Uh, fully agree. Yeah. <laughs> fully agree, and and that's and the thing of my book is I don't try to sit there and I, I say the transitive property of Murphy. In my book, I don't use the transitive property of Hall of Fame uh, comparison. I don't want to say if Del Murphy is greater than player A, and player A equals Hall of Fame, then Del Murphy equals Hall of Fame. It's not about saying he's better than anybody and this person's in, so he should be in. You know, they got in, that's fine. But let's face it, you know, some of these players that do get in, you should definitely give them a fair shake than, than what's been given. Well, without a doubt. Without a doubt. I totally yeah. agree with you. So do you think he will eventually end up? in the Hall of Fame. That's what I want to hear. I, I He will end up in the Hall of Fame. I, I'm not doubting whether he's going to end up in the Hall of Fame. I'm wondering if he's going to end up in the Hall of Fame this year. Like, you know, I, I, I don't think this book is going to change the world or anything like that. But I mean, it, it'll at, it'll definitely open some yeah some people's eyes for sure. He, he, I mean, ESPN itself has said, you know, that they think that the next Atlanta Brave candidate of the Hall of Fame is going to be Del Murphy. Yeah. And Forbes magazine said... I think last year they said they think that they, you know, after the Hall of Fame voting was done, after uh, uh, Jack Morrison and Alan Trammell made it in the last last ballot Hall of Fame, and then this last this last year, uh, I think Harold Baines and, and uh, Edgar Martinez might have been on on that ballot for the late '90s mm-hmm. and today's game or something. I think that's the the committee of today's game, maybe. Yeah. After those two get in. Uh, Forbes magazine says they think that Murphy is going to be the next player on one of these uh, retired, you know, one of these uh, veteran committee ballots is what they say. As as he should be, yeah, right. without a doubt. Absolutely. Kirk, where can people find your book? What's it called? It's called Batting Clean, Why Dale Murphy Belongs in Baseball's Hall of Fame. You uh-huh. can find it uh, anywhere online where books are sold. I, I usually point people to Amazon, but if you get on Barnes & Noble, you should be able to read it on your nook uh usually on kindle i don't even know if they sell nooks anymore pardon my <laughs> pardon my uh, ignorance no no noble, I, but I, I i currently have a nook so <laughs> and, and amazon rules the world and amazon's yeah. always been good to me and they definitely recommend my book a lot of the time yeah and it's great and i and i'll always point people in amazon's way uh just so that i can see how my numbers stack up against others when it goes up and down the rankings i know i'm doing something good marketing wise but Right. It's two ninety nine. I self published it, and the reason I self published it so that it could be out in in time for the committees to see it and uh, to get the word out and the awareness out before this vote this December. And and it's two ninety nine, so that it's a more attractive price. Yeah, sure, yeah. definitely. People spend, people spend more than that on a beverage today in the daily <laughs> in the yeah. in the daily setting, and you can get a book uh, talking a lot of baseball with some really great really great uh, perspectives like that of Ernie Johnson Jr. And, and and Jim Powell and Bobby Cox. You know, those are some great perspectives. Another person I should not neglect to mention is 
is Bill Brown, longtime broadcaster for the Houston Astros. He's a very strong uh, supporter and advocate for Del Murphy, and he goes well into depth in statistics and and road home splits and things like that. A lot of factors that should be taken more seriously and taken into account when arguing for Murph. I mean, if Del Murphy played in the ballparks of today, he wouldn't have 398 home runs. He'd have about 575. Let's call it what it is. Yeah, and he with the, the juice out of ball. The way and, Citizens Bank Ballpark, you would eat that place alive. <laughs> Great American Ballpark, you would absolutely destroy it. So there's a lot of ballparks like that in the National League that he would just carve up, especially having a 19 game um, a 19 game slate uh, in, in some against some of these teams. He would definitely eat them up. And interleague play, if you think about it, interleague play. There's probably about 10 or 12 games they play against the American League East. Uh, and the American League East is nothing but hitters' ballparks. Mm. So oh, yeah, right. You, you can imagine what his numbers would be like in today's ballparks. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Well, we sure appreciate your time, Kirk. And uh, do you follow the Braves, or you you just follow the Dale Murphy saga here? I, I have been cheering for the Braves a lot. I, in fact, I, I I've told a lot of people that I think that the Braves are going to come out of the National League. I think they made the right moves before the trade deadline. Yep. I think they've got the right lineup. I think they've got two of the best players in baseball with Freeman and Acuna, and I think they've got some pitching that can really take them deep into the playoffs with Freed and with and Soraka and, and, and the pitchers they got. Hopefully Dallas Keiko can kind of pull together and, and, and be a strong force for you guys. I think, that, I think that the Braves have a legitimate shot of finally taking the Dodgers out of that National League representation in the World Series. You know, I'd, I'd like to see somebody else, if anything, somebody else lose to the American League this year. But I am pulling for the, for the Braves to come out of the National League for sure. Well, that's yeah, music yeah. to our ears there, Kurt. Definitely. 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 Yeah. Hey, we really appreciate <laughs> your time. Where can people find you on social media, too? Uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter at, at The Voices of MLB. And, and uh, MLB is in all caps. So okay. The Voices of in lowercase, but MLB in all caps. Well, Kirk, we sure appreciate your time. Appreciate you coming on the show. Y'all go find his book on Amazon, wherever you find your books, Batting Clean, Why Dale Murphy Should Be in the Hall of Fame. Kirk McKnight, thank you so much for your time, man. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it, Kirk. You have a good one. Kirk. You too. Thanks, guys. All right.